Hello and welcome to episode 109 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well. How are you going? Not too bad. I, I just want to stay off the top. Yeah. Um, I was at a, a bit of a family fun sort of get-together thing today with, with two other families. Um, and... The two people, the the two blokes that were there, um, with me, they were they're both listeners of the of this podcast. Yeah, and one of them's a good bloke called Nathan, and he's having a bit of a chat about some of the stuff that's gone on the podcast and stuff. You know, when he's listened to it and stuff like that, he was he's pretty he's pretty mad keen on it. Um, and his wife popped up and said, "Oh, you've got to stop mentioning him on the show because all he does is talk about wherever he gets a mention." Are you so, talking about Nathan? Yeah, Nathan. So I, I Nathan, said to her, yeah. I, I won't mention Nathan on any more episodes. Yeah. Okay. Because he, well, he gets a bit excited and he starts talking about, listen, they're talking about me again. They've mentioned me again. So I'm not going to mention Nathan. Yep. But he's a good bloke. Mm-hmm. He listens to every episode. He's the bloke who went up to Sydney and, and listened to every episode on the way up there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Nathan. Holly coming back. Yeah, Nathan. Nathan, yeah. Nathan is is one of our favourite listeners. Nathan is yeah. uh, a, a really essential part of the podcast. Is Nathan? Uh, yes, good man, good bloke. Uh, I've heard he's a tender lover as well. So how how lucky is Nathan's missus? Like she must just be. She must go to work and and be like, man, Nathan is awesome at everything, and just makes all the other women jealous. Because yeah, Nathan is just a superhuman. He's a fantastic human. Really great, is. Great man. So uh, great, good on great. you, Nathan, for tuning in, mate. Love you, Nathan. And uh, we promise we won't mention you um, in this episode. Or any future episodes, for that matter. No, we won't mention Nathan again. Although I, I kind of want to. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Because this has set up a nice little segue. Mm-hmm. Check, check this shit out. Okay. I've just had a bit of man love here for Nathan. Nathan, yeah. Speaking of man love, <laughs> Israel Folau has claimed that same-sex marriage is the reason why we've had all these bushfires around around Australia. Yeah. Israel Folau really doesn't like same-sex marriage for some reason. Like, he really frets about it, sits at home, you know, turns all the lights off, and he sits there fretting about same-sex marriage for some reason. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he blames everything on same-sex marriage. Do you reckon that when he, oh, no, he wouldn't be able to put a bet on because um, I think that was on the tablet. You couldn't bet on things. I'm pretty sure it said, uh, thou shall not go to the TAB and put any money on the Dapto dogs. Pretty sure that was on there. Yes. Yes. They call him a devout Christian. I, I yeah. They call him more of a devout idiot. Um, he's committed to that cause. <laughs> I'll give him this, okay. When he does something, he goes, he goes all the way in. Mm. Well, he's not doing this half-ass, just going knees deep, caper. He's going all the way in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he's gone full stupid. I won't say the other word because it's a bit unsavoury. But yeah, uh, you don't say he's gone full retard. I don't no, think no, no. let's say retard anymore. Hey. No, well, I'll get smited. Yeah. The, and, like, it, it was probably on his Instagram list that 
you know, he had a list of things, um, and I'm pretty sure calling people retards was one of them. You know what he's starting to remind me of? Who? And that is um, just random politicians who are known for saying extreme or stupid things. And it's those random extreme things that keeps them in the news. Mm. Not quite relevant, but just in the news so people don't forget them. And he, he's been quiet for a while. Yeah. So I wonder if he sat down and went, hmm, how can I get back on the news again? I know. I'll say... I'll go and say that people who are, you know, gay and getting married, they cause all these bushfires. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just do that. I reckon that'll get the job done. And everyone's just gone, oh, did you see what Israel Flower said? And he's gone, oh, geez, I'm good at this. But do you reckon he does that in a calculated way? Because it is literally costing million, millions of dollars, right? So if he's doing that in a calculated way, he's, he's probably doing it wrong, okay? But, or is he just... Does he? I mean, he obviously really believes this stuff, and he just thinks, "Oh, I'll go into church. This will, you know, this one will win the crowd over." And he sort of says it in church. I don't know how it goes down in church or his church anyway, but uh, it just I've, seems. I've, it, I've, I've heard he gets a standing ovation for this stuff. Really? Yeah, he's got the he's got the the crowd in the palm of his hand. He's a great orator. <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon that he? Do you reckon he works on material like a comedian, but like oh, it's fire and brimstone stuff? And so he's like, do you reckon he sits down with someone and says, hey, you got another one about gay marriage, hey? And they're like, oh, hit me with it, Israel. He's like, okay, sweetie pie. And he tells them the uh, the the sermon or whatever it is they call it. Uh, and he stands up there at the lectern and he, you know, do you reckon anyone, sit, like when you're in church and Israel Flower gets up, and I say, man, this this subject again, really? <laughs> I reckon at the church they probably sit there and go, strap, put some seatbelts on your ears, they're going to go for a ride now. People start fanning their faces, yeah. stuff Brace like that. yourself. Yeah. Grab hold of the, grab hold of the, uh, the, the chair, the arm on their chair. What are, the, are they down. called? A pew? Is it a pew? Something like that? Yeah. I well, they're probably they're probably they're probably a new age church where they've just got normal chairs instead of just a couple of planks of wood, like uh, Bunnings chairs. Yeah, 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 like the ones at Brookvale Oval. Yeah, yeah, except with less asbestos. Yeah, they've got other poisonous things. It just goes to your head. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> seriously though, what a shit thing to say. Like he said some really shitty things. This is yep, just and- another shitty thing he said. I don't know why, like, it's just, uh, at some point, uh, and I said this to you just before we started recording, uh, if you give what he says weight, it it carries weight. If you write it off as just being, just stupid, uh, th- and that's all that people really need to say, it's like, this is stupid stuff he's saying. Yeah, it's you know? trash. Yeah. This is, in, to some extent, we, in, in past episodes, we kind of defended... He's right to be able to say some of this stuff that he that he'd said in the past. Yeah, it's part of his religion. But knowing that people who weren't homosexual or in a same sex marriage have died in these fires, and there's been so many loss of houses and you know, so much devastation going on, and some of them still aren't out yet. Mm. To come out and say this shit, it's 
insanely insensitive and absurdly fucking stupid. Yeah, look, I think it. I just think it goes in personally. I think it's in the same category as all the other stuff he said, and you know, it it's just stupid. Uh, I think know? this is. I think this is the dumbest thing he said. The other you stuff. Reckon? Yeah, the other stuff you kind of expect it because it's 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 a little bit more directly out of the Bible. This yeah. stuff has got a bit more of his opinion added to it, and the timing is disgraceful, and the content he's provided is despicable shit. I fucking hate it. It's dumb. I'd just love to know when he, like, you know, when he just catches the red light at the wrong time, does he just sit there going, bloody gay marriage? <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. It's something about someone that's so focused on it. I, I think it's weird. I don't get it. Like, you it, know. It is weird. It is weird. Why? I, I, I could go on forever about how stupid it is whinging about gay marriages. I generally don't give a shit if gay people want to get married or not. As I've, anyway. as I've said before, let them get divorced as well. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm going to try and build another good segue here. Yeah, build a segue out of that. What what Israel Folley, uh Israel Folau needs after that yep. is a massive boot up the ass. Oh, and speaking of boots, the Golden Boot Award was when it was announced. Jeez, I'm good at this. Yeah, you're getting uh, really gold, good at it. Golden Boot winners were announced uh, last night today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess Sergis has won the the women's Golden Boot, and Roger Tuivasa Shek has won the men's. Um, I just like to say. Um, Jermaine McGilbury must be very disappointed he missed out this year. Yeah, I mean, he he is British, and we know that being British takes you about 50% of the way to winning this award, Um, although they change what it's for every 25 minutes. Like, you never know what it's for when they they announce the winner. Um, And the winner is Roger Chulvasashek. Um, as I was saying prior to in in the in our typical unrecorded episode prior to actually going on air, mm-hmm. um, I'm okay with Roger Tuivasa-Shek winning it. He wasn't the best player this year. I think Tedesco was clearly, yeah. But uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek is one of the best players in the world, pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not worried about the fact that he got it. I think he deserved it more last year, but I'm I'm fine with him getting it this year. If 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 it has to be him out of that what they picked, then I'm fine with that. I thought it was very weird that uh Warrior Hargraves was in there. It was like I didn't understand that. Um I heard on a podcast a few days ago that they were saying some of the points carried over from the end of last year, which is just absolutely stupid. That'd um, be the I, points for the English players. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I look at this award. They need to scrap it. They need to come up with something else. I don't know what you call it. This golden boot stuff, and it's not a golden boot. It's a silver one. Um, they need to just the award is dead. It is literally unsalvageable, and they need to scrap it and just call it the International Rugby League Player of the Year or something, or name it after a great player or something. But this golden boot stuff, it's got to go. They need to simplify the process. Uh, they need to stop making it so convoluted and stupid. Um, and just name the winner. 
you know, just name the bloody winner. Yeah. Um, the, the, the biggest criticism I got out of it, it's not so much about who was nominated or who wasn't nominated. It's the fact that it only seems to be competed for by a handful of countries. Yeah. Um, so we had Scotland this year. They played two games and scored 128 points in those two games. Not one of those players are nominated. No one from Fiji. They won all three of their games this year. Cook Islands won both of their games this year. Didn't get any nominees. Ireland. Nigeria had two wins. Malta had two wins. Um, Greece won three or four games to qualify for their first ever World Cup. Not one player nominated. Um, why not? It's a great question. Because... If they, if... If those players can't get nominated and there's a rule put in place saying that James Tedesco can't be nominated because he didn't have a great international season, what's what's the frigging gauge? I'd love to know because I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I look at the people that they pick and it makes zero sense. And I think that it makes zero sense to the vast majority of people. Um, and, it, you know, you get these people that try and justify it for some reason and i don't understand why but you know what can you do at this point i think the way it was announced uh you know it was announced like a wet fart in an elevator like it, it you know nobody really come up with a big announcement it just sort of you know Happened. yeah exactly uh and i'm sure <laughs> I, I i wouldn't be surprised if roger Tulovasashek right now He's on holiday somewhere and he has no idea that he won it. The letter's in the mail. Yeah. Uh, there's a thing that got me. There's been 30-odd teams that have played international matches this year alone. Mm-hmm. And out of those, Great Britain has only got two teams who have got a worse record this year than them. Mm-hmm. And that was South Africa, who lost 66-6 to against the Cook Islands. Yeah. And Spain, who had lost two games and conceded 76 points and scored only 12. So the points differential made those two worse than Great Britain. Mind you, Great Britain was the only team to lose four matches this year. Yeah, Great and yet Britain. they had a player nominated. Yeah. It, 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 it makes no sense. No sense at all. Um, I, you know, there's no way you can justify it. They just need to scrap it. Come up with something else. Even if it's like... Even if they just make the award and get it out of the hands of journalists and stuff, right? Because journalists have no place in this game. Allow the captains of each international team to cast a vote on who they believe is the top, the best player in the world. And just see who comes out on top. I'd, That's what I'd, I'd be like happy if every coach of every international team put forward one player who they thought deserves to be nominated. Yep. They're your final selection. Yep. And then have fans vote. Fair, I don't care what they do. But it just that that should be how they determine who it's going to be between. And that way you get Seven. one play from every country and you can just sort of go, okay, which ones can we whittle out from there? And then you, you sort of get it down to a, a final bunch and then, you know, decide from there. But no one knows how this is run. All we know is it's based on international games, but it's not based on all international games. It's only yeah. based on a few by a few teams. It's it's absurd. I can't so I, I can't follow I, anyone. I wouldn't have fans vote because it's just going to end up being your vote for who whatever country and 
of yours is nominated. And like all the Poms are going to vote for a Pom every time, which is fair enough. You know, all the Kiwis will vote for a Kiwi. All the Australians will probably vote for an Australian. I, I just think that, uh, however, it's just scrap the name. The name's dead. It's buried. Um, it's got zero credibility. Make it a real simplified process. And, yeah, call it the International Player of the Year. Don't, don't call it the Golden Boot. Well, you know, it's part of the English thing. They like to have things that, you know, sound like soccer. Yeah, exactly. Like rugby league, a running game, and they call it the golden boot. What the fuck, man? Yeah. Um, madness. Uh, other news. Isaac Luke has officially signed with the Dragons, I believe. Yeah, it took some time, eh? I uh, mm. don't know why it took that long to work out, but uh, very long time between that sort of being... Not really announced, but it, it, he was going to the Dragons and them signing off on it. I wonder why it took so long. Maybe they had to move some players on or something like that before they could get him under the cap. So, you know, he'll be an all right addition for them. He'll bolster their um, hooker reserves. Although I saw that the uh, hooker that they've got now, and what's Cameron his name? Cameron McInnes. Cameron McInnes, yeah. There was talk that it, it, them getting Luke will allow him to move into the back row which, like, was a weird move, in my opinion. That's madness. I don't Mm -hmm. like the sound of that at all, but it sounds very Paul McGregor-ish. It Um, really does. Especially given the back rowers that the Dragons have got. They don't need any makeshift back rowers. No, they're they're fine for... (laughs) They've got heaps of back rowers. Got the bloody plethora of them. Top-class ones. Yeah. They don't... I, I... McGregor's a moron. Somebody sack him, please. I can't go any further with that. Um, <laughs> Curtis Scott is rumoured to be going to the Raiders, according to uh, well-known Fox Sports journalist Staff Riders. Yeah, Staff Riders always on the money uh, when, well, the other content creators don't want to put their name to something. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there was also an article today on... on Fox Sports, because they haven't had one on, on Latrell Mitchell for the last 35 minutes. Yeah. Where they've just done a running summary of something that they heard on the radio said by someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go into it because there's nothing to go into. It's okay. it's one it's one person's very valid opinion about what's happening to some of the players and they've just decided to attach Latrell Mitchell to the storage just so they can get a few more clicks. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, can you imagine being Latrell Mitchell and knowing every, like, he knows. He's going to bed tonight. He's probably already in bed, sound asleep. He's going to bed tonight after having his milk and cookies, think to himself, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be another story about me. And it's going to go all day. And then the next day, the same thing will happen. It's got to be a very, very weird feeling. It's... It's worrying for me how obsessed a few people in the media are over Latrell Mitchell. Like I've never seen this level of obsession over one player and his contract to this extent before. But it's not just his contract. It's like every single little stupid thing you could... Like the car story. What the yeah. fuck, man? Like, the it's, it's, a, it's not it's even like obsession. it's just his contract. No, 
that's the thing. They they all tie it back to his contract, though. It's his weird obsession. Mm. It's it's very single white female, as you said <laughs> once before. It's, it really is. It's weird. It, it's really weird. Um, someone needs to. They need to see someone. <laughs> There's like got to be yeah, like uh, aversion therapy or something. Yeah, There's got to be some sort of therapy that can, like, you go in, you sit down, you lie down on the on on some sort of therapist's couch, you you like look at the roof all angry like, and they say, you know, what's the problem? And the person's like, oh, I, I'm just really obsessed with it with Latrell Mitchell. And then they're like, why do you think that is? And they're like, I don't even know anymore. You know what I mean? Like an intervention. It would be good. Imagine doing an intervention. Did you ever watch The Sopranos? No. Man, there's an intervention on The Sopranos. That's the sort of intervention that needs to happen. See, I'm thinking that Fox Sports could have one. They could have the, have a therapist there, get James Hooper in, get staff writers in, sit them both down on the couch. Fran. Fran. And just say, you know what? We need to have a chat about your addiction to Latron Mitchell stories. Mm. People are and worried. They, People are talking. They, they're concerned. They all stand up and they read out their little statements. Yeah. It's like Fran stands up and says, one day I was talking to you about what I was going to do in the off-season and then you spoke to me for three and a half hours about Latrell Mitchell and I went home and I I started crying because I knew that I had lost a friend. And then, like, you know, the next one comes along. Who else works at Fox Sports? James Hood Ornament. Well, he's the one they'd be fucking doing the thing for, wouldn't it be? Hood Ornament? He'd be getting up there and be saying, oh, I, I, Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. Latrell Mitchell. Just take your time, James. Say words other than Latrell Mitchell. Latrell Mitchell! No, you know what he'd be doing? As they're all reading out things in the intervention, he'd be scribbling down, down notes and it would come to his point and he'd say, so was uh, anyone else heard anything else about Latrell Mitchell? <laughs> uh, his notes would just have Latrell Mitchell written all over the paper in different types of handwriting. Yeah. It's like The Shining. What did he write in The Shining? All over the... It's like no work and no play makes Jack a dull boy or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Latrell yeah. Mitchell, Latrell Mitchell, Latrell Mitchell. It's just everywhere. You go, yeah. you go to, you go to James's house. He's just got Latrell Mitchell written all over the walls. Mm. He's got one of those makeshift clotheslines with pictures of Latrell Mitchell. He's taken from zoom lenses. Hiding he's in got bushes. a rooster's jersey. You know, yeah. he's got like seven roosters jerseys because he sleeps in a new one every night. He's got pictures of Latrell. Every fifth picture is a picture of a Mercedes. <laughs> There's Photoshop pictures on the wall of like Latrell Mitchell, but like James Hooper's in them, like yeah. they're high five and stuff. Yeah, he's my friend. Check out this. He's my friend. They're good mates. Yeah. Wow. Um. <sighs> moving on. Yes. Somebody doesn't need to. Someone who doesn't seem to have many friends at the moment. Yeah. Wayne Bennett looks like he could be getting a sack as Great Britain coach. Well, it was Wayne Bennett's fault. I mean, he left for 
all of the bloody excuses I've heard over the last 24 hours about why Great Britain lost four straight games, it's been nothing short of hilarious. Like, I've, I was getting a bit worried that there was a little bit too much sense being talked about from British fans, but my faith has been restored over this last 24 hours. There's some nutty, nutty ideas about why Great Britain lost this series and some revisionist history, which is just magnificent. <laughs> well, I mean, we said in the in the podcast uh, yesterday, and I still stand by the fact that I think... I'm, I'm not blaming Wayne Bennett. I just think he's not compatible with what this team needs. And But the problem is not Wayne Bennett. He's not the problem. The problem is a myriad of issues within the game in England. You can change Wayne Bennett with any other coach you want, Craig Bellamy if you want, anyone you want, you will not get any different results. There is so much that needs to change at that game from the bottom up. You know, it's going to take a long time to fix, but that's the problem with the game. It doesn't matter who the coach is going to be, you're still going to have the same problems. Yeah, and you know the only person that they really need is the Wizard of Oz so that he can give them a heart, a brain, and the nerve because that's all thats all the stuff they need. They haven't got any of that. They were weak, gutless, lost four games in a row, blamed everyone else except themselves. They'll take zero lessons on board, rinse and repeat, English Rugby League, congratulations. That's why you're slipping down the ladder. That's why Papua New Guinea... Fucked you up in Papua New Guinea. Um, just tell you what, James Graham would make a good coach for the Great Britain team. Why's that? Because he'd sit there and say, "If if you guys don't play with the same amount of passion that I did for this jumper, then I'm going to go out there and bash the living shit out of you. <laughs> I'll eat, chew your ear off if I have to." They should all play with the same passion for the jersey that Blake Austin played with, eh? Well, that would help too. <laughs> Man, I can't. I just can't believe how many stupid, bloody excuses I've heard in the last twenty-four hours. It has been unbelievable. I've got to a point where I can't even reply to the stuff anymore because I've heard some really, really dumb shit. Well, we we won't go any further because we did a full podcast on it yesterday. Yeah. Um. So I'll just move on to the next story, and that is, this is a good story, <coughs> excuse me, um, the Cook Islands this morning became the final team to get a place in the 2021 Rugby League World Cup when they beat the USA 38-16 to over there in, ja- where is it? Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, yeah, Florida. Um, it was a pretty close first half, mm-hmm. but the, the tail in the last 20 minutes or so of the second half, Cook Islands just skipped clear. Um, just too classy, too good. Uh, USA though were they weren't disgraced, and that's the main thing. They they put up yeah. a good fight, and they had you know a fair bit of local talent in their side as well. So it was it was good to see they they put in a pretty good performance. Yeah, and that Cook Island side has a lot of NRL experience in it. They're a very very good team. So for the United States to get as close as they did to them, it was a very big effort. Um, it's going to be sad not to see the USA there at the World Cup but it's maybe something that they can take some lessons out of and build towards the next World Cup. They'll have plenty of time for that. 
Um, and the Cook Islands, it'll be great having the Cook Islands in there because they are a really good team, you know, and they're not going to give anyone an easy game. No, that's exactly right. Um, they 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 were a little lazy in the, uh, the the first half of this game, but you know they're good enough to be able to come back and and uh, get the win. Um, just looking at the amount of Pacific Island teams that are in there: mm-hmm. Australia, Cook Islands, Fiji, Tonga, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Samoa. I think that's fine. That's I've got no problems seven. with it. I've yeah. got no problem with it, but that's seven. Jamaica's in there. Um, Lebanon's in there. And then you're left with Italy, Greece, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France, and England from Europe. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, I you, I... you you look at that, that Pacific Islands mob of teams, mm-hmm. compare them with the European lot. Ah, oh, it's not even close. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some floggings from the Southern Hemisphere against the Northern Hemisphere. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out because I think this will be the first World Cup that we go to where all of the the nations from the, the Southern Hemisphere are, like, locked and loaded. They've got, you know, it's not just they've got one or two good players or they've got, you know, a couple of superstars here and there. These teams are all filled with talent now and it's going to be a southern hemisphere domination um and as i've said before i think that the world cup qualifying needs to be uh weighed towards the best teams rather than it being geographically generated uh as it is now because i don't think that we should be leaving out good sides uh just because you know the european teams played against each other and you know i mean what are Wales doing there, really? Yeah. Um, in 10 days' time on November 27, um, yeah. we will see the draw for the 2021 Rugby League World Cup finalised. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much going to be the last major Rugby League event type thing that's going to happen this year. Yeah, and then that's it. It's the proper off-season. Uh, we'll we'll go through that draw when we we get that. We'll mm. go through all the teams and stuff. We're actually looking to put together a little bit of something sump for the World Cup as well. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how those... I, I just hope that we don't see the draw um, favouring one team or another. I hope that it's a really good even spread of teams and that it allows for... Uh, a number of different countries to to have an equal opportunity to get to the final rather than what we've had in the past where it's like one side of the draw is set up for Australia and then the other side of the draw is set up for England and New Zealand and everyone else just has to do their best. Well, the way they've got it set up at the moment is um, essentially they've got what they call four pots. Mm-hmm. And so each each group will have a team from each of the four pots. Mm-hmm. So you can't have two teams from one pot in the one group. So um, you're going to have Australia, England, New Zealand, and Tonga are going to be in separate groups. Uh, Fiji, Lebanon, PNG, Samoa in separate ones. Then France, Jamaica, Scotland, and Wales. And finally, Cook Islands, Ireland, Italy, and Greece. That should make it even. 
Mm. I would I would lock in Tonga going through. Uh, Australia's going to go through, obviously. New Zealand, and, and you never know with New Zealand. New Zealand is so disappointing so much. It, it's I have no faith in New Zealand. And England, because, I don't think they'll go through. Because it's going to be 2021. I mean, obviously, Benji Marshall won't be there. There's, it's looking very unlikely that Kieran Forum will be even there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Johnson looks like he's going to be a shoe in for one of the half gigs there. So I'm who, who, I mean, who's the other one going to be? He's going to join him. Is it going to be Nick Arima? Who's that? Uh, Harris Devita. Is that his name? The Warriors yeah. young, youngster who's, I think, has been treated really poorly for a very good young halfback. Yeah, um, but I just think I, I worry who the Kiwi halves are going to be, mm. and. The English side haven't shown much to us at all as to who's going to be in their team in two years' time. We've seen a yep. lot of who's not going to be there because they were in this tour they've just had on. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two, England more than New Zealand, are. there's a bit of uncertainty about them. Um, Fiji and PNG could very well cause a lot of headaches for a lot of, a lot of teams. I'd love to see yeah. PNG go on a good run. I'd also love to see France and Greece have really good runs as well. You know, the wild card is Samoa. Because if Samoa gets a new coach, and they desperately need a new coach, they get a new coach in there, and one that's actually experienced and a good coach, uh, they've got the halves, they've got the forwards, they've got the backs. They could leap out of nowhere and be a team like, they could be a team like Tonga. I don't know how they would go about beating Tonga, but they they could be one of those teams in 2021 that no one really wants to play against, who just gets on a massive roll. Um, Fiji, I mean, if Fiji gets, I feel as though if Fiji gets a little bit more in terms of player depth, they're also going to be one of those teams. They'll be right there with Tonga, I think. Um, it's all Southern Hemisphere teams, so they're just yeah. they're, they're all on a completely different level. Um, and that's why, I, like, I don't know who's going to be in the group with England, but I don't think England will definitely beat the likes of uh, Papua New Guinea, obviously, uh, Samoa, Fiji. Um, I guess what was the other one? The Cook Islands was in that Cook that Islands, list. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the Cook Islands will run them hard. I think if England ends up in a group with at least two Southern Hemisphere teams, mm. they're under pressure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the draw comes up with. Mm-hmm. But that, that's coming up. Um, one one last big event. Mm-hmm. Why the hell not? Oh, yeah. we, we, hinted, we hinted we'd talk about this a few nights ago and never did. The big boxing match between Paul Gallon and Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, what's his name? Um, yeah, the uh, the celebrity code, war. code wars. So, from what I've seen, I've only seen a few pictures. Um, mm-hmm. The AFL bloke, who's six foot five or whatever, decided that he'd pretty much get himself the biggest pair of pants he could, and yeah. pulled them right up to cover his nipples. Yep. Um, the judges apparently gave one judge gave Gallon the f- gave Gallon the win, and the other two judges said it was a draw. 
So therefore, they said it's a majority draw. Oh, so, that's right. Is that how they normally do it in boxing? I have no. Well, we can't really say normal because they didn't well, even have a normal fight because they had to reduce it from a three a, a standard three minute round down to a two minute round just because yeah. this Bruce bloke didn't have the tank to to do full three minute rounds. Yeah. So uh, what a what a joke. We were actually fast. looking at the the uh, box the celebrity boxers in Australia, the footballers, and looking through their records and how many of them have fought people in their records who have never fought again, and how many like who, was it Sonny Bill Williams that had fought a guy that lost eighteen fights in a row? Yes, it was. Yeah, which is just hilarious. Um, yeah, they're, they're just all playing make-believe boxes. It's kind of yeah. weird. I don't get it. None of them have really, especially Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill and Gallon haven't really come up against a genuine full-time professional heavyweight boxer. No. They've fought a whole heap of middle-of-the-road blokes they found in the crowd sort of thing. Well, like Gallen footy, had... other footy players, Junior Paulo. Yeah, that was the best one. I didn't even. I didn't remember that one. Um, Gallon had two fights against Herman Annie Purcell, who is a, a genuine um, professional boxer, and he did win both of those. But instead of kicking on from those and going, you know what, I need to keep fighting other genuine boxers, he's just gone to having these celebrity fights against other footballers. Mm. Um. And now there's talk that, that he's going to be having a fight with Sonny Bill in his next one. Sonny Bill hasn't fought for four or five years. Yeah. I, I don't know. To be honest, I I think Gallon needs to actually get in the ring with a genuine non-NRL <laughs> boxer. Someone who does boxing professional and no other sport. Yeah, and just, just to before. give him a give him an idea as to what he should be doing and, and what he's up against. The but, problem uh, with Gallon is he's too small, eh? For, yeah, for Amongst the heavyweights, the proper heavyweights, he is going to be absolutely tiny compared to, like, just the regular heavyweights now who, like, I think you were saying Gallon weighed in at 101 kilos. Mm. Um, that's at the lower, towards the lower end of the heavyweight um, yeah, division he's, he's, and his height is terrible for a heavyweight. He's about five nine, five ten, and he looks like he's shed about three or four kilos since his playing days. Because mm. um, I'm pretty sure his playing weight was always one hundred five from memory. So he shed a few kilos for this, but yeah, most of the most of the prominent heavyweight boxers in the world, they're built more like the AFL bloke he's up against. Yeah. You know, there's six two, six three, six four, hundred and five around there or more kilos. Um so Gallon is definitely on the smaller side there. He's he's gonna be constantly trying to chop down trees essentially with his hands. He won't, he's not gonna be doing many um throwing many bombs to heads, it's just gonna be punching the punching the ribs out of blokes. Yeah. That's hard work. What's the what's the future in that? And that's what I guess that's why he keeps on fighting, you know, other footballers and stuff like that. Like, who's the next cap off the rank that he'll make some fake, you know, well, feud with? This, this is a good question. Who would you like to see Gallon, you know, in the ring against as far as another professional sports person? 
that isn't a genuine boxer. So another another Australian athlete. That's a real good question. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him in there with David Warner. <laughs> uh, Israel Folau. <laughs> you, know you know what he should do if he gets in there with Israel Folau. Yeah. Just go in there and then, um, you know, they do the, the shake hands to start the match. Yeah. And then Gunn just looks at him and says, I wish I could marry you, Israel. <laughs> just go back to your corner. Just see what Izzy brings out. <laughs> it would be interesting. What if what I've got an even better one? Israel Flair goes to the ring first, right? He's waiting for him. Paul Gallen comes out to the the you know the wedding waltz, that you know the wedding <laughs> march music. That would or be if, fucking hilarious. Oh, it's raining men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. Did I? I don't know if I've told this story on um on the podcast where there was a UFC fighter and they used to text them and say, what walkout music do you want? And anyway, they texted this fighter and the fighter kept on walking out to this weird music. Like it would always be this real goofy, weird music. And he couldn't understand what it was. And anyway, one day he goes to, you know, Dana White and he says, what's going on with the music? I keep walking out to this weird music. And they're like, what are you talking about? We keep asking you what music you want. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, we text you every single fight. And it turned out that that wasn't his phone number anymore. And whoever had his new phone number just kept on taking the piss and just doing the worst walkout music ever. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I like that story. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, that's that's a pretty good episode. I had, I had an idea. Oh, really? Because we're... we're I wouldn't say struggling writers. We're not mainstream writers. And so I was thinking there's a way around this. Mm-hmm. We just have to go to Depot, yeah. change our name, change our name to Staff Writers. <laughs> That's a great idea. Oh, and they just, just send out a send out a resume to all the mainstream media companies going, you want to see our work? Yeah. Check this out. Look just up Staff Writers. Right. Every episode of Staff Writers on it. That's fucking brilliant. That's all mine, oh man. God. That is great. You should do that. I'd support <laughs> you in that move. You'd have them beaten down the doors. Yeah. Just be like, look at all the content this dude writes. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah. my goodness. He's written for everyone. He's everywhere. He's, he's like mainstream everywhere. Yeah. Because the great thing about that is every every mainstream media outlet would actually where the, the writers don't want to have their name attached to a, a dog shit article, will all of a sudden have to put their name to it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I could just say, I didn't write that. <laughs> it's funny when you see staff writers, and it's there's two types of stories. There's the rumor ones, like you said, or there's the ones that go after a famous person's uh, personal life. Like we saw it with uh, some of the stuff written about Sam Burgess last year. Mm. And there was a lot of stuff by staff writers surrounding that as well. It's kind of interesting. And it makes you think about the process where somebody either gets asked to write something or they are writing something. And then at some point, the conversation is, yeah, don't put my name to this. Yeah. Which, which is kind of, it's kind of creepy. So they want to come across as being fearless, hard-hitting yeah. journalists. 
But yeah. as soon as something a little bit contentious comes up, I, go, I don't want my name on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the funny thing about journalists is like they they stand for principles and stuff like that. And then they, you know, as soon as the right job comes along, the right for whoever, they don't care. They've got no principles. They're journalists. Right. They're scumbags. <laughs> They're marketing people. They're soulless, absolutely soulless, these journalists. So that's, uh, that wraps up a pretty uh, pretty busy episode right there. Mm. Yeah, it's been a good one, hey? It's been filled with lots of uh, different topics about different people from different walks of life. And I think that it's important that we all understand that it's, you know, our differences are okay to have. But Israel Folau is an idiot. He's an utter moron. Yeah. And on the other spectrum, Nathan is fantastic. I'd like to meet Nathan one day. Um, I've always wanted to meet Nathan. That'd be fantastic. I've always wanted to meet Nathan. Um, Just his his wife is so lucky. She's got no idea, really. (laughs) It's, uh, I was going to say, have we got any shout outs other than to Nathan? No. No. No, no. Like, I would normally do other shout-outs to other people, and we know what we're like with shout-outs. We're pretty good. But I think this whole episode should just be dedicated to a man, a Cadillac amongst men, and his name is Nathan. Oh, I was going to say, maybe even a $250,000 Mercedes. Yeah. He's the $250,000 Mercedes amongst men. He is. And I think that Nathan should get any wish that he wants. I think that if anybody that's listening to this that knows Nathan um, or is married to Nathan, they should do <laughs> exactly what he wants right now. There you go. Um, yeah, I was going to ask something. Oh, have we had any emails? It's been a while since I've asked you about the email thing. Um, like any not, that we can read out anyway? Uh, we had the one last night. Should I read that out? Yeah, it's up to you. Yeah, I can read that out. Let me pull that up. See, Nathan would have had this all teed up and ready to go, but because Nathan is, if he's one thing, he's ready to go. Okay, he's on the ball. He really is. He's uh, just a brilliant man. Okay, we're logging in. Definitely not padding for. Definitely not padding here to uh, to, to remove any uh, dead air. No, not at all. So Samuel sent us a an email saying that he'd like to hear a history episode about the Mighty Dragons' 11 wins in a row, uh, 11 grand final wins in a row. Cheers. And he said, loves the show, especially history. And when we're talking about internationals, which is pretty much most of the time lately that we've been talking about international footy. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. That's, that's it. All. Well, thanks. thanks for that. Sammy, we'll, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm hoping that... Um, one of our next two episodes is going to be a history one. I think we've also got an interview in one of our next two episodes as well. Mm, we do, yeah. I've got to sort up, a, sort out a time and a date for that, but we'll get that sorted out. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be a good, fun one. Yeah. So you want oh, some more international also, footy? Did you, see, did you see I gave a little bit of a hint about the special episode that we have planned to put out on uh, probably New Year's, uh, not New Year's, Christmas Eve? Ah, yes, yes, I did. Yeah, looking forward yeah. to that one. Yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a cracker. We'll get together and have a few laughs. Mm. 
I thought of a second movie actually that we could watch. Dude, you're giving it away. What the fuck? I didn't say we're watching anything. Yeah, well, I, we let's let's be honest. That's a pretty broad broad spectrum there. That's true. You've got to give them little cherries here and there. Yeah, we won't tell them we're watching a movie starring Belladonna. <laughs> well, not not while we're recording an episode, anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was the other? What was the other one? Or do, do you not want to spoil it for the no, people? No, I've, I've given one cherry away. That'll do for now. But yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll let you know when we've uh, pressed stop. Could could you it... do me a favor and just let Nathan know? Oh, I've already told him. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's important. He's a, good, to... he's a good man, so he said he'll keep it under hats. Amazing person, Nathan. Yeah, if we could all just be half as good as him. Mm, mm, deserves everything he wants. Um, I do have one shout out. Okay, go for it. Um, to Nathan. Yeah, tell yeah. me about him. Oh, great bloke. Uh, loves the show. Um, thanks for tuning in, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, thank you, Nathan. Just thank you for being you. You're a good man. And uh, on that note, we'll catch you all later.